What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. It's officially playoff time. The round of 16 is upon us. The games will be starting next week, March 5th and 6th. Joining me to break down all of those matchups and make some predictions that will surely be wrong uh, is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how's it going this week? Fantastic. Uh, the wait is almost over. Actually, by the time we talk again um, for the podcast, we will have had the first half of the round of 16 and cannot wait. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. Uh, some of these matchups are incredible. We're going to go through each of the matchups really quickly, uh, talk about um, some of the most important individual matchups, some of the stylistic concerns and interesting things to note there. And then coming up later in the show, we've got an interview with Nico Zizis, uh, the veteran who has been around all over Europe, plays for Broza Bomberg currently, but this guy has seen it all. He's won championships everywhere he's been. He's played for some of the most legendary coaches on the continent and is just a fountain of wisdom. So it was awesome talking to Nico Zizis. So stay tuned for that coming up later in the show. Just a reminder, check out everything on championsleague.basketball. That's the official website. We'll have everything you need there uh, to get you ready for the round of 16. Stats, analysis, columns from Igor Jerkovic and Deacon Lloyd-Smith. So there's going to be a bunch of great stuff on the website. Also download the official Champions League app and make sure you subscribe to livebasketball.tv so you can watch all of these games as they're happening. Dave, let's jump in with the round of 16 matchups. We're going to go through these chronologically um, in the order that they will take place. So looking at Tuesday's schedule, the first game, Nizhny Novgorod versus Umana Ryer Venezia. Nizhny finished third place in Group A, qualified on the final day of the regular season. Venezia finished in second place in Group B behind Tenerife. What jumped out to me when I first saw this matchup was the point guard battle, Kendrick Perry versus Marquez Haynes. I think that's going to be a, a phenomenal matchup. Dave, looking at this series, uh, you know what are, what are your thoughts, and do you think either of these teams have a clear advantage? The Kendrick Perry, Kendrick Perry versus Marcus Haynes is the first thing I wrote down as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think that that's going to, you know, be the dominant factor. Um, one of the things that uh, actually uh, kind of watched this weekend, uh, the before the uh, before the the games start, uh, one guy to watch. Uh, Nizhny is Ian Hummer. He came uh, over from from uh, Monaco. Uh, actually played in the BCL uh, last season with uh, with Avtador, the Russian team, and he scored uh, twenty two points, I believe, in the last in both of the last two games, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, BCL and then also in the uh, in the VTB league. And you know that was one of the things that that Nizhny was kind of missing was uh, sort of another guy who could score, and that's one thing that he can do. Scoring is not a problem for uh, for Venice with all those weapons that they have, and I think that will probably be the deciding factor is that they will probably just have too many guys and that, 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 um, that Nizhny Novgorod will not be able to stop them all, and I think this could be a pretty high-scoring uh, two legs, uh, but I do think that that Venice uh, hold the advantage mainly because of the 
the uh, the the number of of scores that they have. Yeah, one thing's for sure: both of these teams are prone to dramatic games. Uh, both of them have been in some double overtime games this season. So I think this was one of the most evenly matched games that we have in the round of 16 this could really go either way but i'm with you i think it's going to be venezia coming out on top with mitchell watt inside i think he's going to cause a lot of problems for nizhny um with all of their venezia's weapons on the perimeter with austin day as long as he can stay out of foul trouble and keep his head in the game and stay on the floor um he's a big time scorer for venezia so i like them to prevail as well moving on the all greek battle pauk versus ike Pauk, they finished in fourth place in their group. Ike, the defending champions, first place in Group C. Dave, you know, I think looking at, at the seeding, obviously Ike would be considered the favorite in this. Um, but but do you think Pauk have much of a chance to pull off the upset? I think they do have a chance. Um, you, you, they, they actually beat Ike at home on January 26th uh, by, by nine points. Um, they, they held Ike to just 42%, uh, from the field and, uh, William Thatch, William Hatcher scored, uh, uh, 27 points with, uh, six, three pointers. Ike did have Jordan theater already. Obviously he hadn't been there that long. Uh, Vince Hunter had only 12 points. Um, you know, one of the things that, 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 uh, that could be a factor in this game is that, I, that Pauk is actually the top three-point shooting team in the competition, hitting over 45%. And Ike is uh, sec, was, was 29th, uh, just a shade over 30%. Um, so I think that could be actually a um, a factor in this. You know, obviously how how they how Pauk are able to to handle. Theodore and 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 Hunter and uh, but do they have a chance? Sure, I know they're they're obviously having financial problems, but uh, if they can hit some three pointers in both of those games and stay close and keep it a close game, um, I, I think they have a shot. Uh, do I think they'll win it? No, but um, and also you have the Greek rivalry. You know, it's Thessaloniki against Athens. Um, you know, so I think this is going to be closer than, than maybe a lot of people, uh, might think. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be fairly close as well, but I also like Ike to come out on top. That's a great point with Pauk's three point shooting. Of course, the three point shot, the great equalizer. Um, and they've, and Pauk have already shown that they can take down a top team beating Tenerife on the road. So we know they have toughness. Uh, we know that, you know, they can, they can come through in the clutch in big games, but I just think this Ike team has too many weapons with, with Hunter and Theodore, as you mentioned, but also Delroy James and Jonas Machulis and Sakota bombing threes. Um, I think just a little too much firepower on this Ike team. I do think it'll be close. You know, Pauk, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win that first game at home, uh, or, or at least if they, if they keep it really close and we get some drama going into the second leg, that's what I'm rooting for. I'll be in Athens for the second leg of that series so that's going to be really exciting but i think ike the queen will keep on rolling and uh i expect to see the defending champions in the quarterfinals another team that has been absolutely rolling this season virtus bologna they finished in first place in group d they will be going on the road against Le Mans. 
the French champions. And this matchup got even more interesting this week as Lamont signed Kendrick Ray. Last year, he was second team all BCL with Nimbrick. Now he's joining Lamont halfway through the season. Uh, some, some reinforcements there for playoff time for them. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, and Dave, you know, we, we talked to Antoine Eto from Lamont and then we talked to Kevin Punter from Bologna on the podcast. It was cool to hear both sides of this. Uh, I liked Eto's confidence. You know, the, he said, Mr. Big Shot's going to hit some big shots uh, in this in this series, and I don't doubt that. But uh, Bologna, similar to Ike, I think just too many weapons on this team. I, I do expect them to win this, you know, may, maybe not comfortably, but I would be very surprised if Bologna don't advance. Um, how, how do you see this one? Yeah, I, I the hotter team is actually Le Mans. Um, and, you know, you look at scoring, they're actually, Le Mans is actually his lowest scoring team uh, remaining and actually was 28th at just 75, uh, 75.5 points a game, but they did score over 80 in their last three. So they've, they've, their offense is also playing a lot better. Um, you know, for as, for as good as Bologna has been, they actually were 30th in the competition in assists with just 15.5. They did have the fewest turnovers, at 8.1, Lamont just a little bit worse than that at 11.5. Both teams really uh, pressure the ball fourth and fifth in steals. Um, but I, I I think the the matchup of I, I kind of like the matchup more Taylor uh, Punter against Thompson and A2. One other statistical note: Lamont uh, just 30 31.7 uh, percent three pointers. That's 27th in the competition. And also twenty eighth in the competition at under seventeen on free th- under seventy percent on free throws, so the numbers are definitely advantage for Bologna, um, but I think this is a, a lot closer matchup than than the numbers show. But I I think I really I think I do like the weapons that Bologna have more. I, I mean, okay, we we don't know exactly what Ray. Will bring uh, at the at the recording at the time of the recording. We we are not sure if he will be eligible to play. Uh, if he does play, obviously that throws everything. Uh, you know that gives them obviously a, another huge weapon, Lamont. So, but I I I, I say that that Bologna uh, managed to pull it out. Another I think is going to be another uh, tight one, and I assume you probably do too. Yeah, Ray, in last year's BCL, he averaged 15 points per game in only 20 minutes Mm. per game, including a 30-point performance against Ike in the round of 16, and then an 18-point performance against Ike. Um, And Nimberg were unable to win that, of course. But Ray will bring a lot of firepower to this Lamont team, but it's going to be interesting to see with him joining the team and then jumping jumping straight in there to see how much of an impact he's able to have because of course with new teammates and everything there's there's generally a process of building some chemistry and, and things like that. So yeah, I think I think Bologna will win this one. Um, but yeah, I, I expect Lamont to put up a, a big fight. The French champions last year they they know how to perform in the big moments. So this would be an interesting one as well. Moving on to the first game from Wednesday's slate, Neptunus Klaipeda with Jere Grant, Kyle Weaver, some of their weapons there in Lithuania. They will be hosting Hapoel Jerusalem, the high-flying, fast-paced, high-scoring team uh, that, that looks poised to potentially host the Final Four 
if they make it that far. Uh, Jerusalem, the highest scoring team in the competition at 90.4 points per game and the highest scoring by a, by a wide margin. The next closest is Bologna at, at just under 86. Uh, they'll be going up against a really you know tough Neptunus team that hung tight in Group D, had started the season really hot, then had some struggles, but then closed it out well to uh, to make it to the round of 16. Dave, Looking at Neptunus, you know we've we've both gone chalk so far. We're picking the higher seeds. Boring, do boring. <laughs> do you give Neptunus a, a chance to pull off the upset against Jerusalem? Uh, you know, I guess Chris Johnson is 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 hurt and will not play. As far as that's what my understanding is, they brought in Dem- uh, Demetrius Conger, I, and that's another as of time of recording, uh, not yet uh, certain if he will play. Um. You know, you look at you look at like one through four, and I think probably you could say you could almost argue that Neptunus is actually stronger. Uh, definitely a good fight, but once you go one to eight, nine, ten, then um, you know that just you know that's where Jerusalem just kills everybody, and um, I. You know, I, I hate going chalk because it just doesn't seem right. Uh, but I just, I just can't see, I just can't see all of these, uh, all of these weapons being able to be stopped. And I think over a over a two game stretch, I just think that 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 uh, Jerusalem is just going to be too much. You know, maybe you know, maybe Neptunus can steal the game at home. Uh, I know that sounds strange to steal the game at home, but you know maybe they grab that one. But I can't see them outscoring uh, outscoring Neptunus over two games, uh, or outscoring uh, Jerusalem over two games. And are you going chalk uh, still as well? Then yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Neptunus their big advantage over a lot of teams is that Jare Grant is just a monster inside, and and most teams aren't able to deal with him. But you look at this Jerusalem roster. And they just have an army of big men. Um, you know, as you said, they're very, very deep. They have Josh Owens, Tashawn Thomas, Amari Stoudemire coming off the bench. I mean, just so many, so many great big guys on this team. I, I think that depth um, is going to be a huge factor for them. And yeah, I, I expect Jerusalem to, uh, you know, I, I don't think it'll be easy. Neptunus will certainly make it uncomfortable at times. They do have a great home crowd there in Lithuania, so that's going to be really exciting, and, and they will they will be up for this. Uh, but yeah, I, I expect Jerusalem to advance. And then if they do advance, they will face the winner of Prometheus versus Tenerife. The Greek team, Prometheus, one of the most fun teams to watch uh, throughout the season, maybe one of the most surprising teams, a young club with not much history, uh, really made a, a great impression across Europe with their play in Group D. Going up against Tenerife, the 2017 champions, they finished first in Group B. Dave, I think this is going to come down to Prometheus and their defense versus Tenerife's offense. Uh, if Prometheus can maintain their focus against that great passing of Tenerife and and really you know stay focused for entire possessions and lock down, but then on the other side is can Tenerife hang with Prometheus's athleticism? You know Ryan Brown, Octavius Ellis, these guys are fantastic athletes who like to play in transition, get above the rim. It's going to be interesting to see if Tenerife can stick with them. Um, I'll, I'll throw this to you first because you've been the, uh, the, the premier Tenerife doubter <laughs> in the BCL world. Uh, do, do you think Prometheus will win this one? 
chalk is being is ending. Uh, yeah, you know what? I look. What, somebody has to go. Uh, bold prediction here somewhere. Uh, and I've been, uh, I've been, I've been. In, you know, I, I went to I went to Patras to see Prometheus, and I really uh, I think that 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 this is a group that that is also only going to be is only getting better over the course of the season. You know, they won uh, in Ostend, they won in Bayreuth, they run, they won in Klaipeda. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, you mentioned athleticism. I think that's going to be one of the big factors uh, in this. Patras does uh, move the ball pretty well. You know, they're, they were fourth in assists. You know, Tenerife was, was second in assists. Um, but uh, I, I think that... One of you mentioned the athleticism, and I think there is there is definitely a, 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 an advantage, uh, especially in the blocks. You know, you look at Ellis and Parks against against Iverson, and you know whatever size or Nyang, Tenerife doesn't doesn't really force any turnovers, so they don't get out and run. Whereas Patras do, and uh, I, I I think that um, again you 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 mentioned it, and, and and I had written down must remain disciplined on defense. Patras and and I think I think they're going to I think and I think they're going to this is a team that can score a lot of points quick um, and Tenerife does it in with their three pointers whereas um, Patras uh, do it with their athleticism with their defense and stuff like that so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Prometheus actually make it through um, and uh, and 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 stop our run of of chalk. Um, but I think your your chalk is going to be keep going, you know. Yeah, I, I can't quite jump on the Prometheus bandwagon all the way. Um, I hear you. I do think there will be a tough matchup for Tenerife. Um, but you know, when we when we were talking to Dominic Waters from Nanterre, he picked Tenerife as the favorite to win the title. He mentioned that it's just a nightmare to try to play against that team with their passing and the way they move the ball and. Um, you know, if, if anybody can stick with them, maybe it is Prometheus, but I expect Tenerife to come out on top in this series. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Prometheus win that first game at home, but Tenerife, uh, in the two leg aggregate, I think they'll be able to put it up, put up enough points to win that and advance. Moving on to the next game, Broza Bomberg hosting Banvit. I think this is Maybe the most interesting series overall, Bomberg, a team that came into this uh, competition as potential title favorites in their first season, struggled a little bit, but finished in third place in a very tough Group C, going up against Banvit, who surged late to finish second in Group A with some new additions, Mackenzie Moore, uh, DJ Shelton, and Gary Neal, of course, the, the high-scoring guard coming over uh, to join Banvit. I think this this is going to be one of the most fascinating and, and competitive series. First game is in Bomberg. Dave, you're going to be there in Freak City. What do you expect from this matchup? Yeah, I you know um, a great guard play. You know, without a doubt. You know, veterans as well. You know, you look at uh, Zizas and and Rice, uh, 35 and 31 year old. Uh, Neil um, Gary Neal, 34. Uh, Alex Perez is there as well. The 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 matchup of of Morgan and I guess Morgan Rubit, um, you know, Elias Harris has been absolutely playing fantastic basketball uh, over the past uh, two three three weeks or so. Um, you know, one of the absolute musts for 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 Bomberg is going to be stopping uh, Mackenzie Moore, uh, and uh, you know, 
you know, is, is Taylor a guy that, that can kind of do that? Heckman probably, I don't know if he can really handle that. Um, and so, yeah, a fun one for sure. I can't wait to see, see the first leg in, uh, in, 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 in Bomberg. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think Bomberg will, will, uh, will pull it out. Um, and this is not uh, Homerism here. Um, I think that, um, I think that the, the clutchness of that, of those Bomberg guys, uh, will, will shine through, you know, this is a team that's, you know, kind of, um, found itself, uh, you know, after the, after the firing of, 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 uh, coach Pogatskis, you know, they won the cup over a really, really good, uh, German cup over a really, really good Albert Berlin team. And, uh, I think they're going to, uh, prevail in, in this one. Who, who do you, uh, who do you got? Yeah, this is a really tough one to call. I'm not. I'm still not totally sure which way to go. Uh, we literally just hung up uh, the phone with Nico Zizis, so I, I don't feel great about doing this, but I think I'm going to pick Banvit to win this. I think with Gary Neal and McKenzie Moore, just the size of those guys at the guard position, their physicality, I think that's going to be a really tough matchup for Bomberg and, and, and for a guy like Tyrese Rice, who's a little bit smaller. Um, I, I think Bomberg is really going to struggle to keep those guys from scoring. And of course, Bomberg can put up some points as well. And Rice is, is going to be very difficult to stop. But I think I, I, I'm leaning towards Banvit in this one. Uh, this is, again, two teams with really good home court advantages. Uh, so I, I, I think it's going to be critical for Bomberg to get off to a great start and, and win this first leg at home before they go to Bandirma. But I'm going to lean towards Banvit winning this series. I think um, Jordan Morgan will, will do a great job inside against Augustine Rubin and Cliff Alexander. Uh, so I'm going to go with Banvit taking down Bomberg to advance to the quarterfinals. Next up, another really interesting matchup. This is one that I was hoping we would get during the draw. Fourth seed Telenet Giants Antwerp, the young run-and-gun Antwerp offense going up against Ukam Morcia and their lockdown defense. Morcia were the best team in the regular season, winning Group A. But Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold prediction here. I'm actually gonna say Antwerp will come out on top in this series. I love the I love uh, Paris Lee and Jashan Tate and Victor Sanders and I I'm Ishmael Baco. I I think this Antwerp team with their energy, with the way they can get up and down the court, uh, with the the confidence that some of these young guys get once they start scoring some buckets. I'm going to go with Antwerp uh, pulling off the big upset and beating Morcia, a, a team that has been to the Final Four, is much more experienced. Of course, that's going to be a concern for Antwerp, but I think they have what it takes. I'll take the young kids there uh, to pull off the upset. Who do you got in this one? I got the same. I got the same team actually. Um, you know, you look at you look at the guys back from the Final Four team and their leaders of that team. Obviously, you know, Soko, Klof, uh Rojas, Olsen, um, and obviously, you know, some of those other guys there are, are just you know really great. Um, but you know, one of the things that um, that's kind of um, maybe f- kind of been uh, kind of flown under the radar is uh, that. The that Antwerp's added uh, in late January. Trevor Thompson, you know, seven footer, uh, played in the French league uh, earlier this season. Um, and over the uh, the last two Belgian games, he's averaged uh, ten points, three point five rebounds, and probably most importantly, one point five blocks. Twenty four year old 
Uh, you know, they've had now with the FIBA break um, some time to to work him more into the system. And, you know, we all we, we all have uh, have grown to totally love uh, Baco. Uh, but to have a seven footer in there uh, who is a real rim protect, that's that's a really big weapon for them. Um, and as long as he can, let's say, get out of the way of 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 Lee driving and um, and 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 Sanders and Tate doing their offensive things, as long as he can kind of get out of the way, stay out of the way, grab offensive rebounds, and and on defense really become you know be a, a factor. Um, I really like I really like that addition, and I think um, and 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 I think that's one of the 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 big reasons why. Uh, I'm going with Amphor as well. I mean, and another, you know, you know, I do like this team a lot, and um, uh, yeah, I just, I just think that 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 they're going to uh, that they're going to uh, we're going to have a Belgian team in the uh, quarterfinals uh, from Antwerp. That's what I see. All right, and the last matchup of the round of 16, another offense versus defense type of matchup with Nanterre. The French team, they finished third in their group, led by Jeremy Singlin, Dominic Waters, Adis Juskevicius. They are a super high-scoring team, second-best three-point shooting team in the BCL behind Pauk. Uh, they shoot 43% from the three-point line. They can put up points in a hurry. But they're going up against Besiktas, a great defense. We've talked a lot about Phil Pressy, Keenan Sapahi, the way these guys pressure the ball and just make life a nightmare for opposing guards. Uh, that's going to be really fascinating to watch that. Of course, Besiktas closed the season very strongly with the addition of Jason Rich coming over as, as one of the best one-on-one scorers in the BCL. Dave, this is, this is one of the most interesting ones, in my opinion. I could really see this going either way. But I think I'm going to go with Besiktas uh, to win this one. I've, I like just the individual scoring ability of Rich, I think, is going to be very difficult for Nanterre to defend. I like Pressy chasing around Singlin and Waters. Um, I, I, I think Besiktas uh, will come out on top in this one. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Nanterre. Uh, two hot teams, uh, you know, four four out of five for Nanterre. Uh, Besiktas won their last six, eight of nine. Um, okay, those are now, you know, that's going to be a month ago by the time these games uh, tip off. Um, you know, you mentioned Nanterre's three-point shooting, uh, 40, uh, 43%. You know, you have two, three, four, five guys shooting 35% or more uh, from three-point range. Uh, Besiktas, just 6.5 second chance points. Nanterre really have a strong rebounding team. Um, and I think that the, the, the gamble Treadwell, um, uh, I think they have the advantage on, 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 uh, Ivan Buva and, uh, you know, both teams, you know, do a good job handling the ball, not turning it over. Um, and, and in, and in the case where you don't have a lot of turnovers, you got to look for factors that can change, uh, change a game. And, um, you know, a lack of second chance points, that means, uh, you know, not getting, not crashing the offensive rebounds, uh, or three point, uh, three point shooting, uh, I think are two of them, you know, two real good ways to go look at it. And, uh, you know, neither of them are in Besiktas's favor, uh, and one of them is very much in Nanterre's favor. So that's why I'm going to go with Nanterre. 
All right, so that's going to do it for our round of 16 previews. Remember, you can watch all of these games on livebasketball.tv. And remember, these are two-leg aggregate series. So the first games will take place Tuesday, March 5th, and Wednesday, March 6th. And then the second leg will be Tuesday, March 12th, and Wednesday, March 13th. The teams that have the most points at the end of the two legs will advance. So, you know, Venezia, for example, they can lose by 10 points on the road at Nizhny, but as long as they win at home by 11 points, they will advance. So keep that in mind as you're watching these games. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about that with Nico Zizis in the, that format coming up on our interview. So stay tuned for that uh, with Nico Zizis, great point guard for Broza Bomberg, a veteran who has seen it all in Europe. We were really excited to talk to him. So stay tuned for that. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up. A bit of a zone look defensively here from Dijon. And that leaves Zizis open. Long range three. Swish for Zizis. So on the show this week, we have Nikos Zizis from Broza Bamberg. Uh, Nikos, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You guys uh, finished third place in uh, in yes. in your group uh, behind uh, Ike and Hapo Jerusalem. Uh, mm-hmm. You know we're looking ahead now, of course, to the to the to the round of sixteen. But maybe just in general, talk about uh, how you feel about the uh, the regular season, which is probably now it seems like almost an eternity. Uh, but maybe just yeah. uh, uh, maybe your thoughts about the how the regular season went for you and the team. Yes. Um, yes, it was, uh, it was, uh, let's say a fir- the first experience for many guys playing in Champions League and, uh, in this format that remind me a little bit of the, uh, old EuroLeague format, but I mean, very old, maybe it was like this, maybe 10 or 12 years ago with 14 games that it's not a, as a, let's say as long of a regular season, but it's you know, because there were some breaks in between, so it was kind of long too. So um, I believe we made some uh, good wins that allow us to have uh, to qualify, let's say, pretty early. Uh, we we won a lot of close games. Um, we lost a couple of close games too, uh, but overall, I believe um, we did a good job because um, say in the beginning of the the year of the season, the team was, I would say, completely different. We had key guys out with injuries. Um, we had a very short rotation. Uh, obviously, we had also a, a change of coach. Uh, four games, I believe, four or five games be- before uh, the regular season ends. Uh, so with all these things, I believe we we did what we had to do. That means qualify. Tough Champions League group because we had the uh, Ike as the current champion and Hapoel Jerusalem, but it's a team team with a lot of talent. And um, I believe, and also Antwerp, I really liked Antwerp the way they play, and they're a very young team, and they play the right way. They are well coached, uh, so I believe good teams like Nimburg that they were so close last year to get to the. Uh, to the to-, to the final eight of Champions League because I was following and uh, uh, some other teams like Fuenlabrada had a great start and then we saw how they were struggling and 
it was a tough group. So uh, even yet Cabellis and Dijon. So all the teams were good, and I think we did. We we didn't play great, but we did what we had to do. That means to qualify. Yeah, Nikos, what were your expectations coming into the competition after Bamberg had been in Euroleague for the past few years? You you mentioned you know this was kind of a new experience for everyone on the team. Uh, what what were you right. expecting from the competition entering the season? Yeah, um, yeah, as I told you, it was kind of new uh, again to to be let's say one of the favorites of the competition uh, or one of the. The, let's say the most talented teams, I would say, because you know when you are in Euroleague with all these teams, um, obviously our team wasn't, uh, let's say, wasn't one of the favorites to get to the final four or, or even to the uh, to the top eight. So for us, uh, it was very important to to qualify to the to the top sixteen, and then uh, I believe how is the format of this competition. Uh, basically, everything starts from next week because uh, you can be first seed or fourth seed. A great example is uh, Ike last year. But, uh, they qualify with a buzzer beater and they, we other the results that they were expecting in order to qualify. And then also we can see a, a, lot of result, a, a lot of examples even in EuroLeague with Madrid last year was number five as a seed and Fenerbahce two years ago the same. So I believe, you know, getting to the playoffs, the most important is uh, um, to have a good rhythm as a team, to be healthy. And as I said, how is the format? It's uh, just double games. Um, I don't believe that even this, let's say, advantage of having the second game at home uh, can be a disadvantage. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's not that you play a best of three or best of five series. Uh, you play one game at home, one game on the road, and uh, anything can happen. I think there are a lot of teams that they have the possibility to go to the Final Four. And uh, I believe it's one of us. We are in a good moment right now after winning the Cup. We worked well these past days, uh, having some days off without games like all the teams. And we are expecting uh, a battle uh, from now on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the German Cup. I wanted to ask you about that. Um, of course, you, you hit the game-winning shot against Alba Berlin with your team down by two points. Uh, what, what was going through your mind on that last play where it was kind of chaotic, the ball was bouncing around, and, and eventually it fell to you? Yes. Yes. Um, no, the, what crossed my mind was um, basically, you know, the play basically was designed for Tyrese. We all know uh, what kind of uh, class player he is and the ability he has to create his own shot, especially with his step back. Uh, so that is his go-to move. So that was the play. Tyrese had, a, had his step back and the ball just went a little harder on the rim and was Six, seven players basically tried to catch a rebound. It was a def- first somebody touched Tyrese, and then it was Elias Harris, and then uh, I think the opposite, uh, Elias Harris and the Tyrese. Rubin went first to the ball, passed it to, to Patrick Heckman, and uh, I, the only thing, if you see the play again, is I have said it also in, uh, in another podcast, is that um, as soon as I, I saw the ball went to 
a teammate's uh, hand. Um, uh, I raised my hand because I was feeling good all game long. I was in a good shooting rhythm. So uh, I really wanted, I hope that the, some of my teammates would, would find me, you know. And Patrick made a great play because it's not easy to, to give this pass. Um, and I was, let's say, confident taking that shot. Of course, you never know when you take the shot if it will go in or not. Uh, but I was, as I said, I was feeling confident of taking that shot. And it was just a great play from all the guys in the team to win this game. But I believe we made a great game. If you, I don't know if you guys watched the game. I believe we made, we played really one of our best games in the season. We played really smart. We played with intensity. Berlin is a great team. Uh, and um, they made great plays. Uh, in the last five minutes, and especially Siva, and um, it could go either way, obviously, at the end, uh, but it was great for us that we came up with a win and uh, winning the, the Jama Cup. Yeah, and you mentioned you were feeling confident, and I was just watching the replay a little bit ago, um, and, and I, I saw it live, but I was just re-watching that shot. Uh, I noticed that you jumped like before the ball went in. It looked like you knew it right. was going in. Did it, did yeah. it feel pretty good when it left your hands? That's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. That's a great uh, question because, uh, yeah, as soon as the ball, of course, any, anybody understands this. A lot of times, though, you're feeling, oh, that's going in, and it doesn't. And you think, oh, this must go, not go in. And uh, it goes in. So you never know until the you see the ball going through the net and but I, as you said I felt good since the ball left my my fingertips I, I was I was really confident that the ball would go in yeah and looking at your career um, of course you know that was one of many titles now that you've won uh, you've won titles in Euroleague and VTB and Greece and Italy um, looking back does anything stand out to you as, as maybe like kind of the most special or the most memorable or, um, you know, a, a favorite title that you have won? Mm -hmm. uh, for sure, the most, um, the most basic, special and by far, I would say, is the title with, the, with my national team. Uh, because uh, winning the European Championship with your national team is something like, um, really, there are no words to describe it because you... I think uh, the most of the of the players um, that they are playing basketball, they are usually, you know, they watch basketball since they are kids, and that was the case for me. And I was raised, you know, basically I started basketball because of my national team winning the European Championship in 1987 when I was four, and uh, you know, after 18 years after that. Um, my team, my national team, I mean, my generation uh, with our coaches winning this thing is something that you cannot, I mean, you cannot compare it with anything else because already it's a great honor uh, and I believe a great accomplishment for any player to represent his own country and then on top of it, uh, win it, it's something unreal. Uh, then the titles, win the clubs, honestly, I cannot... Uh, Euroleague, for sure, it's another dream that is coming through, uh, winning the Euroleague. But um, I really had uh, I had the blessing uh, to win basically wherever I was in almost all the clubs that I played for. Uh, I was fortunate to have uh, 
you know, to play in great teams with great players and many of them became great friends of mine that I'm still in contact with. Uh, so I would say you remember, of course, the titles and all these great moments that you live with some guys. And I cannot say that uh, I can say a specific title that I won with any club. Um, okay, for sure, that was, I believe, that was the only title that I won with my team winning with a buzzer beater. Doesn't mean if I scored it or not, but I never, I, I cannot remember. The only thing was the semi final of the European Championship when Diamantidis hit a shot in the Greece France game. But with my clubs, we never, I was never part of a team that won a title with a buzzer beater. So for sure, it, it, it is something that I will remember also forever. Um, it was a crazy game, and uh, I believe it was a great game overall for German basketball. It was fun to watch. You mentioned a lot of, uh, you know, you, you've played with a lot of great players, but you've also played for a lot of great coaches, you know, looking at mm-hmm. the the guys who have been your coach, you know, Dusan Ivkovic, uh, Sakota, Katsikaris, David Blatt, Messina, Pianigiani, uh, Trincheri, um, Obradovic. I mean, that's a who's who of the great coaches in European uh, basketball. Um, maybe, maybe just what it's like to, um, because you're learning also the game as you're playing it and, and listening to these coaches. Uh, what it's like yeah. to play for for just such great coaches? Yes, um, I believe it. Uh, obviously, it's. Um... It's very important, in my opinion, um, to have a great coach from the very beginning of your career. Uh, and especially I had a coach, uh, Dusan Ivkovic, that he's not. I have said that uh, uh, also in a couple of other occasions, uh, that um, uh, Dusan Ivkovic, for sure, he was also a, a great coach, also tactically. But I would say his biggest, um, what made him great, was the fact that uh, uh, how well he was uh, basically teaching you um, also life as a coach. You know, he was teaching you how to to work hard uh, every day, um, uh, how to pay attention in every single detail, you know, uh, how to be focused every day. I think these are important things uh, uh, in order to, to be great, you know, in order to, to get better every day. Um then I believe, so I would like to say this, that uh, uh, it's very important to have this, to, to, to create certain habits in a very young age as a professional uh, that allows you to understand what it takes uh, to be a, a consistent player and um, a successful player in your career. Because uh, if you go maybe to, a, if you start with a coach that uh, maybe he's um He's a good coach, but he might not uh, so much into discipline or the hard work. Then you can uh, you can create bad habits that can uh, can mislead you in your career. Um, then I would say the the, the common uh, thing from all these great coaches that I had the, really the chance uh, to to play for is that uh, uh, they really pay attention to details. Uh, every single day, and they try to improve every single day. There is not, uh, there are not any kind of shortcuts. Um, they they are very demanding. Obviously, each one of them with his own personality. Uh, 
but the common thing is that um, you have not only in words but in fact you have to to be 100% focused every day it doesn't matter if it's a shoot around before a Euroleague final or if it's a shoot around of a scrimmage game in September or a regular practice whatever it might be uh, or a video session um, I believe that's also the biggest uh, difference between um, playing for a high-level team or maybe for a less uh, high-level team. Uh, in my opinion, having a chance to play in a lot of big teams and maybe in a little less big teams is it's, it's the thing that I mentioned. You know, one of the one of the things about having you know big time coaches and also being at big time clubs is you know you really haven't gone through a lot of uh, head coaches being fired. Um, you know, obviously, Einos uh, Pekatskis uh, was was let go, and Federico Perego took over. Uh, I, I don't want to evaluate. I don't want you to evaluate or or anything as far as you know whether or not it was a good decision or whatnot. But maybe just kind of what impact um, that move um, has had. Uh, that coaching change has had on the team. Yes. Um, yeah, as you said, of course, it's not my job to do to evaluate. Uh, obviously, Einas Bagatskis is a um, is a coach that uh, she has been in. First of all, is his national team and has been successful uh, there, and um, she has had. Uh, Things also with uh, Maccabi and with Nizhny Novgorod, that especially that they played very good, uh, but has his own philosophy. Um, and uh, obviously, he tried to do the best, and we try to do the best. Uh, and, uh, you know, then the management takes the, the decision, and, uh, uh, you know, it's always difficult. And as you mentioned, I had this only the last two years in Bamberg and one more time in Kazan. All these years, that that's my 19th year. That's the only time that I uh, that I had coach change, and it's always difficult for a team to 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 change your coach, and especially when the coach that is coming in. Uh, but okay, Federico Perigo was our our assistant also this year, but he has a different philosophy, and uh, obviously he's a coach that he has been many years under Andrea Trincheri, and. Um, and the fact that he worked with him so many years for sure influenced him and um, the way he looks basketball is more or less the same so but it's let's say a lot of a lot different compared to our former coach so that always takes a while uh, because the change in the beginning is just a psychological change let's say the the positive thing is just in the psychological factor but uh, in terms of x and o's you need to it needs time until you create new habits and to the way you are doing the things and to usually takes in four and five and six weeks and uh, you don't have the time because, you know, you're in the middle of the season with game every two and three days. So I believe we we try to do the best possible. I, I believe we we made good job of winning, try to win games. and uh, But it's still, uh, still a long way to go. And obviously we have these big games in Champions League. And we still have almost a whole round in BBL, so it's a long way to go. And uh, we have to try to to improve and get better on the things that our new coach is asking asking us. And I believe though that we are in a good way. 
Yeah, and looking at some of your teammates this season, um, of course, Tyrese Rice was a big addition to the team this year. Uh, what, what's it like watching a guy like that who can uh, score the way that he can, especially late in games? What, what's it like being on the court with somebody like that? Yeah. Uh, no, it's great. It's great. I think Tyrese is our leader. Uh, she's, uh, she's really a big, big factor of what this team is doing. Uh, obviously, I knew him as an opponent all these years, and I was happy when I saw in the summer that the team signed him. But until you get to know a guy and to play with him and to be your teammate, you can really know also the the way, let's say, he's uh, the way he is in general. And uh, I saw a guy that really impressed me uh, because he's really, first of all, he's a student of the game. He's watching so much basketball, and uh, I love this thing when. One of my teammates are like this. He's uh, preparing well. First of all, he's himself every day. Um, the way he works uh, with his individual routine before games, um, how he sees tape individually, let's say opponents and uh, their tendencies, not only the things that our coaches are showing us. And then he's a guy, as you said, uh, as you mentioned, uh, he's one... Uh, as I told him some time ago, she's definitely, uh, I would say, top three most class teammates I ever had. And I had the chance to be with many great of them. One of them is Panulis, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, she has this ability that um, uh, not only to create his own shot, uh, she can go to the basket. She has great, uh, she finishes great around the ring. Even that she doesn't have big size, but she can make the floaters, or she has great touch around the rim, and then obviously she can make his step backs, and also she has the ability to find open men. Uh, so I believe he's in a great uh, point of his career, um, but he's so mature, and he has seen everything. He's so experienced, uh, and he's able to always to uh, to make a, a very to take a very good decision. And also, I believe, finally, uh, that um, the fact how the season um, went for him last year with all the things that happened in Barcelona, he just played maybe a couple of months, I believe, in China. So also, I believe he had uh, something to prove. He's a very, very competitive guy. And um, as I said, it's a big, it's, it's great to have him on the team. And um, I believe he's doing a, a great year for us. He's having a great year for us. Yeah, and somebody else on the team who I love watching is Augustine Rubit, uh, who I, I think <laughs> is maybe one of the more underrated players in Europe. Um, what, what is it about Rubit that makes him such a good player? What, what does he bring mm-hmm. to the team? Yeah, uh, yeah. August is the second year that I have him as a teammate. Um, Honestly, honestly, I'm very, I'm very happy uh, watching August progressing so well, and uh, every every week, every month, um, she had a rough start here for us with uh, Andrea, that he's so demanding coach, and uh, uh, let's not forget that Og he might be now close to 30 years old, but uh, um, he hasn't played in Europe for so many years. I believe that his uh, fifth or sixth year. Um, and when he came, he was kind of, uh, he was, let's say, 
he never had the experience of playing in a in such a demanding system and um really he showed great character and uh, uh he's a very hard worker um and he improved also last year um during the season and he finished the season great and obviously he came in this year with a with a great uh, mindset that and and um, he worked as he told me he worked very hard in the summer and you could tell that and he's for sure uh, one of the most important players in this team uh, he's a player that he can do so many things for you i agree that he's underrated in general a lot of people maybe he because he has played in the top level in euroleague maybe only last year not only uh, he played only last year and uh, i believe honestly it's going to be very tough for bamberg to keep him because i'm sure that there're going to be a lot of teams watching for him uh but at the meantime now i think he also has a he's having a great year and uh, uh, i hope for him and for us to have a, a great finish in his uh, in his year and help us at, at achieve our goals yeah he's a guy that he's uh, he has uh, in the post for sure he's one of the best players in europe um he has created also counter moves not only one that i think especially in germany everybody knows that he's going for it <laughs> uh but now he's a more of a complete player and um he's really helping his team with uh, with many ways Obviously you're you're one of the one of the grizzled veterans in the game. Um you know this this club has a couple of young players who they who they really want to kind of help long term uh in in Luis Alinde and and uh, Arnoldas uh Colboca. Um what what kind of advice have you been giving them this season? Both of them have kind of had their ups and downs. Uh just what kind of advice are you giving the the young guys? For sure, it was a. I said it was a difficult year for them because it was the first year. Let's say we want to make something new, something had to have a new beginning. Uh, I think with uh, with Coach Batgatskis in the beginning, they had opportunities. Then was a little different. They had less. At the meantime, the team is always trying. You know, anything doesn't mean if it's Bamberg or not. You know, you want to see the present and you try to win. You know, the next game in two days. But you want also to develop your young players and um, let's say see the, their improvement and uh, something very important for the club and for the future of the club. So um, first of all, Luis, okay, it's the third year that he's with us, uh, he's really one of my let's say of my favorite kids. He's I believe he's a, a very hard worker. Uh, he's trying to to do the best every day. Um, she's uh, coming very early, leaving very late. She's uh, um, she has this in his blood. She's a very hard worker, um, and um, it was tough for him that let's say last year when he got some playing time, she was playing the four. Then with Coach Bargatke, she was only playing the three, and now again with Coach uh, Federico, she's primarily no, basically only playing the four. So also this thing of switching positions and. Uh, uh it wasn't the say the easiest thing for him but um uh i see that uh, um i can see let's say into him that uh, he can be a really really good player uh and I as i said to you the thing that i love with him is his hard work 
and Ozulich uh, has a huge room for improvement, like any guy in his age. Um, and I really wish him, wish him the best. Arnoldos, Arnoldos, obviously it's a little different because he was with us uh, just uh, for a year with the and with, not really with the main team, mostly with the second team. Then he had a great year last year, and when he went on loan in Campo de Orlando, he came back. He had a great preseason. Then, as I said, uh, he got less playing time. He had some a couple of injuries. Um, she has a, a God-given talent that he shot. Um, this is really something impressive. He's a shooter from any distance, uh, with any possible way. Um, in transition, coming off, uh, when you think that, let's say, she's not going to shoot, she has this ability. Uh, she has, um, she has definitely the. Um, she has to improve uh, his toughness and his. Uh, um, I believe overall she's um, his energy on the court, and I believe from from one side this is something um, um, that it's um, let's say it's normal at times. With um, I have seen, I have had uh, special talents and with the shot or stuff like that. That then maybe they don't pay as much attention or they are not uh, as effective in other uh, areas of the game. Uh, but I believe he has his coaches, his uh, not only me, all his veterans talking to him, and um, I believe that he's a he's a guy that he's uh, he's willing to listen, and uh, he knows his weaknesses. And as soon as he improves these areas, we really he really he can be something. He can have a great career. That's definitely because he has a potential that it's uh, that is great. After the the BCL game that you guys had against the home game against uh, Hapoel Jerusalem, I actually saw you had a chance uh, for a brief chat with Tamir Blatt. Uh, you yes. you played uh, you played for his father for two years at Benetton, uh, and then you saw him in Russia. You know you were he was a national team coach, and and also with Dynamo Moscow, you were around there. You know having seen Tamir at times as a youngster, you know back in '05, he was eight years old. Um, what do you think about his long-term development in the BCL? You know, obviously everybody's excited about seeing what he's doing uh, this season with Hapo Jerusalem, and, and maybe where do you see him going long-term? Yes, uh, uh, yes, it's it's great uh, watching Tamir because he was. I, I can't believe that he was in my older son age when I was playing under David Blatt in Treviso. That <laughs> that means that it's a long time ago, basically. Uh, 14 almost years ago and when Tamir was 7-8 years old and he was coming in the gym with his mom and his sister uh, Ella and and Kaneret that is David's wife and uh, I can't believe you know how the years are passing by and now when I, I, I saw I remember I watched Tamir the first time in the European Championship under 20 uh, it was 2 years ago i believe am i right david i think at 2017 yeah. in in crete in crete yeah in greece and i was watching that game and so i think i'm not mistaken they played the final with greece with greece and yeah. um, i i watched him there and i said, i was so happy for him you know uh, because he's um she's a player that uh, obviously the last two years he has uh, amazing uh, progress and uh, uh, what I see is that I see there also the, his coach, that he was one of the great players, not maybe in the generation before me, Odette Katas, 
and it was really a fun player to watch. And I see him as a coach that he has a big uh, confidence on uh, Tamir, and this is something very important in a young age. And um, what I see is uh, she's a player that, first of all, um, she's a great passer, she's a great creator. Um, she loves uh, involving his teammates, and he and she has great uh, uh, feel for the game, and and she is improving. Also, she's uh, uh, anything you know about scoring. Also, she's his uh, long range three point shooting, and uh, um, really, she's she, you could tell, let's say, with him that she might have a problem with his size, maybe um, because he's not a guy given. Um, athletic talent, right? Uh, but I see his determination, his passion for the game, and uh, you can you can tell with his imp- with the improvement that she has uh, these last couple of years. And it's really, as I said, because we have the story that I I know him since he was seven. Uh, it, it's I couldn't believe. I I remember we're talking about that in November because in the second game. Uh, I, I I didn't I didn't play the second game, so the I couldn't believe inside the game that I was I was guarding Tamir. You know, honestly, I couldn't believe it was something that it cannot be him. Let's say so. It really I'm really happy for him, and obviously she has a she has a long way to go. And but I believe with this mindset that she has, she can only do she can only get better and better. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, bring, bringing it back to the playoffs and the round of 16, uh, the first game will be happening next week against Banvit. Um, how do you feel about the matchup against Banvit, and what do you think will be the keys uh, to, to winning that game against a team that's really been playing well uh, over the last few weeks? Yes, um, honestly, we haven't, had the, we haven't started the preparation specifically yet for them. I know they. I know the most important players. I have heard that they have a very good starting lineup with older Americans and with younger Turkish players. Obviously, of course, I know Gary Neal, and uh, he's a player that he has done a great career. And in Europe, he played also in Benetton, uh, but years after me, and uh, um, and of course in in the NBA, and especially with San Antonio. Uh, so. Uh, I'm sure that he's going to be, let's say, the primary task for us, how to stop him. Uh, also, I know Mackenzie Moore. I know he's a player that, uh, uh, because I was following him and he was in the Greek League last year, and I always, let's say, follow a little more uh, Greek League. So she has, she had a great year with uh, Lavrio last year in Greek League, and he's a very good all-around player. That she can help his team with many different ways. Uh, so for sure it's going to be a very tough one like with any kind of team now any team uh, have hopes that they can get the job done um, as I said as I mentioned before in our talk uh, I don't believe that it's uh, such a, let's say a disadvantage that we play the second game in Bambit we want to have the two solid games both at home and on the road and um, in the end you know it can all be decided from my experience in this kind of, uh, uh, let's say, format, in this kind of uh, 80 minutes, let's say, one game, right? Uh, it's any Anything can, uh, one small detail can decide everything. Uh, you can have, a, let's say, a great game and you have uh, 
and you lead by 15, let's say, for example, and uh, just one bad, a bad minute and a half or bad two minutes can make you uh, win by six or five, and this will change everything for the second game. You know, I have had these experiences with the uh, Euro Cup when I played a couple of years. So, you know, you need to be really consistent for 80 minutes, and, and then you can really have a chance to qualify. Yeah, and obviously you guys want to focus on Bamvit, but I'm sure you've noticed that a potential quarterfinal matchup uh, is possible against Ike Athens, uh, your, mm-hmm. your first professional club. Uh, what, what would it be like to potentially face Ike in the quarterfinals, um, you know, with all of your, your history and everything with that club? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we cannot, you know, we cannot hear that. You cannot think ahead. You know, it's uh, it's gonna be a very tough matchup with Bamit. The great thing is that no matter what, if we manage to qualify, we're gonna go in Greece, because Park also is a team that, uh, you know, is the basically they are from my hometown, from Thessaloniki, and they have done a great job too. And they have, I don't know if you guys know, with a lot of also financial problems. So it's going it's gonna be fun for me that I will go back to play in Greece, but. Uh, the thing that this this can only happen if we had a great round against Bambit and if we get the job done. So we cannot definitely think ahead. All right, I want you to I do want you to think a little bit further ahead though. Um Broza Bomberg, if you can finish this sentence, uh Broza Bomberg will reach the basketball champions league because uh because uh, you, you said we'll reach the, the basketball uh, the Champions League uh, final four. Yeah, we'll, re- the, yeah, we'll reach the final four because uh, because uh, uh, I trust our experience in the class moment. Um, all right, just to to finish off, um, you know, a couple of years ago, you you signed the contract extension to the end of this season. Uh, you know, we all mm-hmm. know you're, you're 35. Um, before next season, you would actually turn 36. Um, we want to mm-hmm. keep we want to keep you going as long as you as as long as you want to. <laughs> have you thought at all? Have you thought at all about uh, how long you want to keep going, or will that be the 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 you know as everybody says you know sit down with the family and 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 think about it um, after the season? Yes, um, I know. I know, David. I know it's coming. Um, I don't want to play for sure until forty, for example. That okay, it's still far, but it's not also so far anymore. <laughs> Uh, so um, I don't know what is going to happen this year. It's all my contract expires. Uh, let's say I'm open to everything as a mindset. I can. Um, uh, my mindset is that I would like to play for sure for one more year. Uh, but uh, also during the summer, this thing I know that it might change. You know, uh, depending on the circumstances, on the offers I might have, and everything. So. At the moment, I'm I'm very happy that we accomplished a big goal that we set it from the beginning of the year, and that to win a title, and we won the German Cup. Um, I'm looking forward for this Champions League playoffs, and and also to strong to to finish strong uh, and regular season in BBL, and you know let's see what what future holds also in the BBL playoffs. So uh, in the summer, for sure, it's going to be a, a let's say, not um, uh, a calm summer because decisions will have to be made. And But I feel good. I feel good. And 
I'm I'm happy with the with the position that we are right now in our team, and that's the my primary thoughts every day. All right, fantastic, um, Nico Zizis. Uh, good luck uh, against uh, Banvit, uh, and uh, thank definitely co- thank you for coming on the show and and giving us some wonderful uh, um, storytelling about the past. And uh, we'll see you on the road. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. Bye bye. All right. Thanks again to Broza Bomber guard Nico Zizis for joining us on this week's episode. Uh, Dave, what did you think about what Nico's had to say? Uh, I mean, to think about all the great players that he's played with over all of those years, um, to call Tyrese Rice top three in clutch that 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 was uh, that was uh, that's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue. You know, look, he's got the yearly title at the end, and uh, and we've watched it all year, uh, one after the next, after the next, and um, yeah. So that just you know, I, I've talked to Nikos over the years a couple of times. Had a had a uh, had a chance to have him on a on a on a podcast in the past, and you know, just have a, a wonderful time uh, just just listening to him and 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 having him. Sort of tell stories, reflections, and, and and give insights. So it was. I was really looking forward to having him on the show. Yeah, it was great hearing from a true veteran like Zizis, who uh, you know has just been around, like you said, some amazing players and some amazing coaches, and of course is a great player in his own right, winning trophies. Uh, basically everywhere he goes, his his name is his nickname is Lord of the Rings for a reason. Like the guy just wins titles everywhere, and that huge shot he hit against Alba Berlin in the German Cup uh, was was just another example of of what he can do when titles are on the line. So yeah, I I also thought that was great what he said about Rice. Uh, so really interesting insight there from Nico Zizis. Of course, it's going to be fascinating to see how Bomberg play against Banvit in the round of 16. Dave, any final thoughts uh, before we wrap this up and go into the playoffs next week? Uh, no, I, I just one, just, you know, just you mentioned it, just be aware that, uh, you know, any team that is able to, uh, to, to, you know, get more, let's say like in a 12, 13, 14 point victory, um, or lose uh, a 15 point lead and and, it, and it's only let's say seven or six um, in the first game just really be aware of 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 that uh, you know and that in these in these in this week's games and and because those points will be so uh, so enormously important especially if you know there's a young guy that comes in and, and maybe is not aware of the entire situation of the two games and you know, and turns the ball over and, and, and a veteran comes down and hits a three pointer, you know, that could play such a huge role in this in this competition over the two legs. Yeah, every possession counts now that it is playoff time. It's gonna be great to watch. Can't wait to see all of the action next week. Remember to go subscribe to LiveBasketball.tv if you haven't done that yet to watch all of these games. Dave and I will be joining you again next week to talk about the first leg of the round of 16, preview the second leg, and we'll talk to some of the players uh, who who play a big role in these games next week. So it's going to be really fun. 
Can't wait for everything to kick off next week. So thanks again to our guest, Nico Zizas, for joining us on this week's show. For Dave Hein out in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. Yeah.